Hey everybody, just a quick note before we start the show. This episode took us a long time to record. It was one of our longest recordings yet. It was over an hour and 30 minutes, so I decided to break this up into two-part episode. This is part one and part two will air next week. Thank you. Enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Sideline Sports. I'm Travis. I'm joined here today again by Ben and Alex. Hey guys. Hello. Hey. So we have our game section again this week. We're going to give you some fantasy football advice. Baseball made some more comments. But first, let's talk about Jason Tatum's comments this week. So he recently said that he's going to play with the Celtics, but he said that he is, um, what was the word he used? He was like, he was thinking about like not going. I don't remember the exact word that he used. He was not skeptical. What did he say? Uncertainty. He was uncertain about joining the facilities in Orlando because Jason Tatum, he's obviously been on the league. For, what he's saying, it makes sense. He's thinking about not playing for the Celtics due to, like, injury risks. So, you might be saying, well, everyone has an injury risk here. Anyone's career could go haywire at this moment. So, Jason Tatum, though, he's a, he, and a couple other players in the league, they have a bit of a special circumstance here because Jason Tatum, next year, he's eligible for a max contract. So, Jason Tatum's thinking he's on his rookie deal right now, which is not that big of a money. He's thinking... if. The Celtics, they're definitely going to sign him on a max. I heard reports that they were planning on it. So if he just if he just sits out this season right now, he doesn't. if he gets an injury that's really bad for him, then his fear is that Celtics are not going to sign him to a max. What do you guys think? Does Jason Tatum have the right mindset here? What would you guys do if you were Jason Tatum? Well, I think he's definitely hesitant to play because of the added injury risk after being off for three months, right? Because you're much more prone to injury then. And also, he saw what happened with Isaiah Thomas in Boston. Isaiah Thomas was looking for a huge contract, and he was going to get one. And then the hip injury struck and got traded to Cleveland. His career just went downhill, and JT doesn't want to see that happen to him. Yeah, I. but we also can't forget that Jason Tatum is in his third year, I believe, and he's still mm-hmm. a young, you know, athletic player. And I don't think he has as high of, a injury risk, as high of an injury risk as maybe LeBron, who's – you know, 10 years older, but I see where he's coming from because you do have to make money in this league in order to, like, you know, get more respect. Not that players don't respect him, but he is right in the sense that money is very important. So, yeah. Okay, Ben, um, LeBron, obviously, we already established this, but LeBron is not really at risk going to the bubble. LeBron has everything to play for. He can play for his um he can play for another ring potentially he has a good team this year he's the first seed but Jason Tatum he's young in his career I don't know if the Celtics are going to go all the way they have a chance if he play if Jason Tatum plays they have a chance if he doesn't play he's just destroying them but um Jason Tatum like we say these players are so spoiled and stuff and they already make millions of dollars and Jason Tatum he's probably already a he's probably already a millionaire by now so Jason Tatum but there's a big difference between making a hundred plus thousand dollars in your four-year span than making what he's making now. That's life-changing money. That's going from where he is now and, like, maybe an apartment or something to, like, LeBron Mansion or something like that, you know? Like, Jason Tatum. I Also, one more thing. What would Jason – I don't – I think Jason Tatum should play. If I were Jason Tatum, I would play because the way I see it, he can get better reputation in this um, new situation in Orlando. He can potentially go deep in the playoffs and prove that he's a leader to the Celtics. And what would have to happen to Jason Tatum? Like, even something like a Gordon Hayward, like, broken ankle scale. I don't think that would be enough to stop the Celtics from signing Jason Tatum on a max contract. What do you guys think? 
I think it would because you saw what happened to Gorder after the injury. He was coming in as a perennial all-star with the Utah Jazz. He was scoring like 20 points a game, and now his production has vastly dropped off since the injury. And yeah, he's not the star on the team anymore, but still, you have to be hesitant dealing with players that are at risk of getting injured. Okay, I have a theory about Gordon Hayward. So Gordon Hayward, he was not fully back last year, obviously, when he was averaging 12 points per game. But I think this year, this is max production Gordon Hayward right now. Gordon Hayward, to be an efficient scorer, he needs to be on a, He needs to be the lead scorer on his team. He needs to be the one getting 20 points a game. When you have people like Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown on your team, he can't really like expand into the big scorer that he wants to be in Boston. But I think that he has a valuable role on this team. He's a good second or third option for the Celtics, but Gordon Hayward, I think that he's back right now. It's just that he's not as good as we imagined him being in the Celtics. So Jason Tatum, I think that if he gets injured even, he's going to have maybe an off year or two, but then eventually he's going to come back. If you're the Celtics, you can't not like You know there's someone out there. Who's going to sign Jason Tatum on a max contract if the Celtics don't? What's to stop Jason Tatum from saying, hey, the the Lakers or the Nets are offering me a max contract over here. Should I go over here and get the max contract or should I leave Boston? The Celtics, they don't want to risk losing someone Jason Tatum like that. Because chances are, it's so unlikely that it's going to happen where he's going to have a career-ending injury like, like Lamar Odom. Um, so I just don't see Jason Tatum getting injured and not coming back to the in the Celtics, they need to bring him back. Is the point? They can't risk losing Jason Tatum, so they're going to give him a max contract, anyways. Well, I also think that um, I think it would be better if Tatum tried tried to stay in one city, like you know Dirk and Kobe, and I think it would give him a lot more respect as a player, and the other players would also respect him more if he just tried to to stay in one city and work with the same coach and the same group of players. No, but Ben, you see, the thing is, like I said before, that's life-changing money if he's making that much money. He's not going to make, maybe, they're going to give him like a Jalen Brown contract here if what if the scenario we're thinking of comes true and Jason Tatum does get a bad injury. Well, you know someone else is going to give Jason Tatum a max contract. It's not about when, it's about where, you know? Jason Tatum, you're not going to, he's not going to pass up that Big, that big sum of money, even if it means leaving the city, which would be it would probably be one of the biggest mistakes Boston sports have ever made if they let Jason Tatum go. Yeah. I mean, I don't, Jay, Jason Tatum isn't going to get injured there because he's, he's in amazing shape and he's young. But, like, say he does get injured and the Celtics aren't offering him that max contract, that sends a signal to the other teams that he's not up to max contract playing level yet. And they don't want to make a Chandler Parsons level mistake where a guy was playing out of his mind for an injury, supposed to be the future, and then he just his career was gone. But you see, what I'm saying is there are teams out there that they're desperate. You got the Wizards who are on the verge of losing Bradley Beal, and John Wall's probably not gonna be the same when he comes back, even though he's made comments about wanting to come back and play in the Olympics and stuff. But um Jason Tatum they're going to want him. They've seen what he can do, and they're hoping that they can... I mean, the Wizards, they're willing to wait to be good. If it means sitting Jason Tatum out a bit longer to recover from that injury, a team like them would be happy to give Jason Tatum a max contract, sit him out for a year, maybe a year and a half at most, 
and then see if they like him once he comes back. But it's certainly a risk, but I think there's a higher reward if you're a team like the Celtics, where if Jason Tatum does somehow get hurt, which would be terrible for the Celtics, then I think there's a higher reward that you can get than the risk. There's not a lot of risk, I don't think. Well, we also can't forget that, you know, Jason Tatum, he still has to find the right team. It's not like any team in the league can sign him a max contract. He still has to find the right team that that he'll fit well with. And if I were him, I would prioritize getting a championship first because once you win a championship, you've earned the respect of every player in the league, and then you'll have a much easier time getting as much money as you want. Ben, I don't think Jason Tatum, again, I don't think he's looking for the respect of the other players. When you first come in the league, the goal is to make money, right? It's obviously a pretty hard job on your body. You've got to work out a lot. If you're going to do all of that and make like $3 million in your career, that's not good enough. I don't think Jason Tatum is looking for respect here. Maybe if you're in a LeBron situation like he is now, LeBron could obviously get hurt. Like you said, he's older. He's more susceptible to injuries when you get older in your when you get later in your career. But Jason Tatum, he's not looking for respect. He's looking for the money. When he gets later in his career, after he gets paid and he has enough money so he can settle in, even if he isn't good after his injury. Well, injury, we don't know if there's going to be an injury. But uh, yeah, he needs to get that money first before he starts looking for the respect of all the other players like LeBron is. Well, you still need a championship, right? Isn't that the goal? Ben, I don't think Jason Tatum's main goal right now is to win a championship. When he could be winning like $100 million. I'm not saying he doesn't care about that kind of stuff. He's spoken out and saying that he's most, I think that the vibe that's going around now, recently, I think it was earlier today or last night, but um, the vibe that's going around is Jason Tatum is going to play. What I'm wondering is like, why was he thinking this in the first place? I, if I were Jason Tatum, I'd just play. I don't think there's a big enough risk here. Anything else? No? Okay. Let's move on to games here. Okay. Are we ready for our trivia, guys? Yes, I am. Hey, this week we're going to do a bit of a different format than last week. Okay, we're going to do like a home and away, and the person who gets to go first here is Ben. So if Ben answers the question correctly, he gets a point, and we go to the next question. And then Alex gets to answer one. Wait, should we do this like the NBA where they do the home team goes two in a row? Okay, let's just do that, okay? It's going to be like the NBA playoffs where you guys are going to get Two, the Ben's going to get two in a row. Alex is going to get two in a row. So if Ben gets the answer correct, he gets a point and he moves on to the next question. But if he gets it incorrect, Alex will have a chance to steal and get a point. So that will be kind of like a road win, you know? So there's seven questions here. Let's go. Ben, are you ready? Yeah. Who will host the next Men's World Cup? A, Iran. B, Iraq. C, Qatar. I believe it's Qatar. Ben has one point. Alec, I mean, it's still Ben. Right, let's just do it back and forth. Okay, Alex, here you go. Who's going to host the next Olympics? A, Tokyo. B, Hong Kong. C, Beijing. Tokyo in 2021. That's correct, Alex. Okay, it's one-to-one right now. Ben. You're on pace to win right now, if you can keep this up. Name the last Celtic to win MVP. A, Larry Bird. B, Paul Pierce. C, Robert Parrish. 
Paul Pierce, right? 2008? Incorrect. Alex. Hey, Larry Bird. Alex Wait, takes the lead. During 2008? Paul Pierce, he won the finals MVP, but I don't. he was not the MVP of the league that year. I don't remember who was. Oh, I thought you meant... Oh. That's so not what you thought. Yep. Okay. Alex, this is also your question. You have a chance to go up three to one here, I believe. Who has the most MV- league MVPs ever in the NBA? We have A, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, C, Michael Jordan, or, I mean, B, Michael Jordan, or C, Bill Russell. I believe it is Bill Russell. Incorrect. Ben, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Michael Jordan? Well, it is not Kareem. I think it's Michael. Incorrect. You guys both got it wrong. It was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Let's think of a way to settle this, okay? I'm thinking of a number between one and two. Uh, quick question. How many MVPs does Kareem have? He has six. Six? He, yes, Michael Jordan and Bill Russell both have five. Hmm. Okay, I'm thinking of a number between one and two. Alex, this was originally your question. You get to guess. Uh, one. I'll pick two. Ben wins. Ben gets a point there. That was a bit of a lucky one there, Ben. We got to think of a way to settle that next episode, but moving on to the next question. I'll make a bonus question. I'll just make a few bonus questions next episode when we do our trivia, but Ben, it's your turn right now. Name three NFL teams that have not won a championship. You have four chances. Okay. Well, um, the first team, the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers oh. did win a championship. They beat the Raiders a few years back in the early 2000s, I believe. Oh, two. Okay, you only have three chances, Ben. I'm going to go with the Falcons. The Falcons have not won a championship. You're correct, Ben. That's one. Okay. I'm also going to go with the Rams. Incorrect, Ben. Greatest show on turf. You lose, Ben. Okay, these are the possible options. Oh, no, I'm stealing. I'm working. Oh, you can steal. I forgot. Ben. Okay, Alex, you need two more. Cardinals, Lions, and just for the fun of it, Jaguars. That is correct, Alex. Alex steals again. What's the score right now? 3-2. 3-2. Okay, now let's go on to number six here. It's a similar question for Alex. Name three NBA teams that have not won the NBA Finals. Okay. Four guesses. All right. Well, we have Pelicans. Correct. Hornets. Yep. And let me get one more. That's one. Uh, Kings. Uh, the Kings have won a championship. You have one more guess, Alex. One more guess. It's a million dollar question. Ooh, this, is, this is a rough one. Right. Raptors won last season. You have 10 seconds, Alex. I have 10 seconds? Suns. 
Correct. Alex wins. Okay, we have one more question. We have a con- we have we have a consolation question just for the fun of it for Ben. Ben, let's see if you can get this right. This is just for pride, Ben. Let's go right here. Who was the last quarterback inducted to the NFL Hall of Fame? Brett Favre, Troy Aikman, or Kurt Warner? Um, I'm gonna go with Troy. No, Alex. Whatever, Brett Favre. Incorrect. Number between one and two. It was Kurt Warner. I do. It doesn't even matter. I already won. I won two. Fine. We'll just skip it then. Okay. Um. I'm going to give it to Ben because Alex gets three. Ben, you won that one. Now it's time for our joke of the week. Alex, you are expected to have a real joke this week. (laughs) I have an actual joke this week. I guess I can find it in my notes. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. I'll do my – you can go. Have you heard about the bad – have you heard about the one bad pole bolter? No. Never goes over well. I don't get it. Have you heard the joke about the bad oh, pole bolter? Oh, I see, I see, I see. The guys who go on the poles. Yeah, see, this, this joke never goes over well. That's why I didn't want to tell it. <laughs> okay, Ben, your turn. What is something that you can serve but never eat? What? A volleyball. Can they like serve? <laughs> okay. Why didn't... I bet you I can do volleyball. Okay, why didn't why didn't my dog join the UFC, guys? Because it wasn't Airbud. It wasn't a boxer. <laughs> I thought that was a good one. Okay, now we have our movie review of the week. Ben, would you like to go first? Yeah, mine's not on like a movie, but um, this afternoon I watched a documentary called. Kareem, uh, the minority of one, and it's basically a documentary on Kareem and his childhood, how he grew up, and it talks about his experience in high school and then college. Fun fact, he went 88-2 and two in college, I thought that was cool, and then it talks about like him in the NBA and how he like converted to the Muslim faith, and it talks about all the struggles he deal with, and it's very good. I... I really enjoyed it. So, out of a hundred, right? I'm sorry, rating. Yeah. Yeah. I would give it a ninety out of a hundred. I it was great. It's on HBO. So, if you want to watch it, go there. All right, I'll go next. This week, I picked Happy Gilmore. It's a golf movie with Adam Sandler. So that's how the movie starts off. It's Adam Sandler. I don't remember the guy's name. Oh, it's Happy Gilmore. That's his name. How did I forget that? His name is Happy Gilmore. He's at his. He likes to play hockey. Hockey's his favorite sport at the beginning. He failed to make the team again another year in a row, and he was really sad about it. But then he goes home, and he finds out that his mom has been evicted from his house, and he needs money, and he doesn't have a job yet. I mean, he has a job. I, I think I'm not sure. I didn't really specify, but he does. He he needs money really badly, and he doesn't really have anywhere to go from there. His mom got evicted from his house that she's been living in for a while, and they put her in a nursing home with this evil um caretaker there so happy gilmore he has no idea how to make money as him and his buddies are helping unpack his mother's house they find some old golf clubs and he hits he's doing a bit of a bet with his friends his him and his friends they 
hit a golf ball, right? And Happy Gilmore finds out that he's actually very good at driving, and he can drive it, like, way further than everyone else. And he starts practicing with this old professional golfer. It's a hilarious movie. I would give it – he ends up winning the money for his grandmother. Spoiler alert. I recommend this movie still. Um, it's a hilarious movie. He makes he, – he beats his rival in the PGA Tour, Shooter McGavin, I believe his name was. And I'd give this movie an 83 or something, 85. Have you guys ever watched that movie before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not yet. You should watch it, Ben. I recommend it. It was Adam Sandler. It was made not that long ago, I don't believe. Okay. Alex, what was your movie this week? So I did an all-time classic, Space Jam, starring the GOAT, Michael Jordan, Plot, the Monstars, Steal NBA Stars Talent, and Face Off with Michael jo- against Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes, Defend Earth from, you know, Total Catastrophe. This is actually just, like, a trailer for July, guys, so watch out for that. Um, but, yeah, this movie is just extremely 90s, and I give it, like, an 80 out of 100. Okay, I have some comments on Space Jam. I haven't watched the whole thing. I watched like 30 minutes and I took a break. I got like some snacks and stuff. And it was just too weird for me. You know, I got so confused. I'm like, what? Because I didn't grow up with all these characters. These guys are like old fashioned um, cartoon characters. Maybe it was like with SpongeBob and Homer Simpson, like ones that are still going today. I would have enjoyed it a bit more, but. You know, it just freaked me out, to be honest. I watched it a couple of years ago. Ben, have you ever seen that movie? Ben? Oh, uh, I have not seen it yet. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to say about the movie, Alex? No? Okay. Okay, Alex had a good idea a couple weeks ago, and we're going to incorporate it in this segment now. We're going to give you fantasy football advice. So the theme is right now is... This is how they work. So we're going to give you, if you could just, if you had no one else in your fantasy football draft and you could draft the team, this would be a roster suggesting all the receivers, all the running backs, all the quarterbacks that you could possibly want. We also have some sleeper picks you may want if they're available late in your draft and some busts that you should definitely stay away from next year. Okay, who wants to go first and give them us your quarterback? We're going to go around. We're each going to give us each position one at a time. Okay, Alex. I'll go soon. Quarterback, I think this is a pretty obvious answer, Patrick Mahomes. He's been consistently, I think, a really good fantasy quarterback. And I'm not picking Lamar because I don't like Lamar. And, you know, he has an amazing offense. He has a new running back in the draft he can throw to instead of having, like, LaShawn McCoy. And he has Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and Sammy Watkins. And I think that offense is just too good to be stopped. Okay, I have some comments on your choice at quarterback. I actually picked Lamar Jackson for mine simply because, okay, way I see it, two ways to score is better than one way to score. In fantasy football, if you don't know how it works, you get points for all these different stats you do. And Lamar Jackson, he's a throwing threat. He was the MVP last year. He was a solid thrower. He was pretty good at throwing. He didn't have that many yards. He had a lot of touchdown passes last year, which is always good for fantasy points. But he also had a tremendous rushing year which adds a lot of fantasy points. It adds up pretty quickly once you get all those rushing touchdowns and yards, and you're still throwing for two or three touchdowns a game, which is the big X factor here for Lamar Jackson. My only problem with Lamar is the field that he gets injured, and I'll talk about that a little more in my bus segment. Okay, the thing is, 
I've been talking about, I don't think Lamar Jackson's going to last very long in the NFL, but I think he's still got at least two more years left in him of good play. I don't think he's going to be as good as he did last year. It just seems to be a trend when someone wins MVP, they don't do as good as they did the year before with the exception of maybe Patrick Mahomes last year. But I don't think Lamar Jackson's going to keep up his trend for very long, but I think he's a reliable target if you want to draft him. He's definitely a safe bet if you're going to draft him at two. Yeah, I I also went with Lamar Jackson. And similar to Travis said about his rushing, I believe last year he was in the top list of like top ten yards in terms of running backs. And he's up there with all the best running backs. So yeah, as Travis said, those points really add up. So I went with him. Okay. Can I also say do not pick a quarterback before like the fifth round. Just don't. No, okay, I would usually say, I would say that too. You know, um, but when you have a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, you kind of got to because he serves as a quarterback, of course, right? But he's got over a thousand yards last year rushing. So if you can get that many yards out of your quarterback rushing, it may just be worth to pick him. In the first round, I'm not saying he's going to do as good as he did last year. It's kind of a question mark, but I believe that it would be a safe bet this year, at least, if you picked Lamar Jackson in the first round. I, I still wouldn't. Okay, Alex, give us your number one running back to pick for fantasy. So, my number one running back is Run CMC Christian McCaffrey. He's easily the best receiving back, and he can run the ball. So you get two types of scoring, as you're talking about Lamar. And he had the most all-purpose yards last season, and he put in the league. And he's really the only decent player on Carolina Panthers. They're terrible. He's going to get literally every single touch this year. So I think he'll just destroy teams. Okay. I'll be honest, I kind of forgot about Christian McCaffrey, not going to lie. But um, I don't think he's my number one running back this year. Okay, I'm going to put Derrick Henry as my number one running back because obviously when you're looking, like I said, two things are gonna, is better than one, which is why Christian McCaffrey is so valuable. But Derrick Henry, he has the ability to take your team from, like, if you're losing a game by a lot and you only have a couple games left, right? If your team's losing by, like, 30 points, Derrick Henry can get you those 30 points every now and then. As we saw last year, if his trend continues from the end of the season, he's going to be getting 20 points per game just from his rushing yards, which is crazy because I think what most fantasy leagues do is they do 0.1 points per yard, and if he's getting 200 yards in one game, that will be 200 points plus all the touchdowns he's going to get, which is going to easily rack up 30 points every now and then, you know? Travis. We basically have the same thing. Okay. I put Jackson, um, and then you did Henry, and I also put him down. Because last year, he just destroyed the Patriots and the Rams. And then they lost to, to, to the Chiefs. But he's proved that he can do really good against good teams. And he's got almost all the Titans yards in the games that they played the Titans and the Patriots. Well, it says the Ravens and Patriots. And... He's one of the top in the in the league in terms of yards, so I went with him too. Okay. Um, do we have anyone for running back number two? Okay. Yeah, my running back number two was Derrick Henry. Okay. And I think he's 
too dominant of an actual runner to leave off a okay. list. I was thinking about this. If we're going to do two running backs, um, I think we have to do like a more reasonable one at number two, so someone who could be available in like round two. So is there anyone else, Alex, like not necessarily a sleeper, but like a second-tier running back that you'd be looking at to get you solid like 20 points a game this year? Well, 20 points a game for running back is already pretty good. But I think uh, Todd Gurley, maybe. I, I always regret affecting the fantasy because he's good at but yeah, he got surgery, and I think he's going to be better with the Falcons this year and might be what they need to reignite their offense. So he could be a good fantasy option number two. He's going to split the most rest. Okay. First of all, the Falcons offense, it's good. I, I don't really know what's going on there. They have a good quarterback with Matt Ryan. He's not a great quarterback, but he's better than most. They have a good receiving core. Their running back is Todd Gurley now, which will add a boost from Devontae Freeman, I think they had last year. But the thing with Todd Gurley is I wouldn't draft him with – um. I wouldn't draft him as your lead running back or maybe not even my second running back. I didn't have him on my list. Todd Gurley, I think he's too unreliable. He's proven that he's an MVP candidate at his best. But once running backs start to trend downward, they rarely come back up. Like you look at someone such as, let me think of an example, um, Matt Forte. Does anyone remember that name? He was good with the Jets and the Bears for a while. I don't know how good he was with the Jets, but he was a good player and I – I really liked him when he was good, but then he kind of just started trending down and it led to his eventual retirement on like the Jets. So I picked – I'll just do my pick and then you can say after. I picked Aaron Jones here. He's an up-and-coming running back. He had his first really good year last year. I kind of got him as a steal last year. So my quarterback was Deshaun Watson, and I also drafted Kyler Murray in one of my last picks because I needed a backup QB. But I learned you don't really need to carry a backup QB unless because there's plenty of quarterbacks out there on the free agents usually. So um, I traded, um, I think it was Kyler Murray and maybe Will Fuller. No, I didn't trade Will Fuller till later. But I traded Kyler Murray and someone else whose name escapes me for Aaron Jones. And I was looking at Aaron Jones to be a backup, some injury security. But it turned out Aaron Jones, by the end of the year, he was my number one running back. So I think that trend will continue, especially because – the Packers, they didn't draft any new wide receivers. You don't know how much longer Aaron Rodgers is going to be productive. He always has those injuries, so I don't think you can really rely on the passing game. So you got to – I think they're going to re- rely more on Aaron Jones in the running back core to get them through to the playoffs where they were last year. Yeah, and uh, about running backs, I think the reason that they tend to kind of go downhill is because football is obviously really hard on your body. And it's hard to come back after being beat up all those times. And a little back, we mentioned that Lamar Jackson might not, you know, last long. And and I think that's also because he is basically a running back who takes a snap because he runs so much. So I think that's why he might not last long. But I think if he went more to passing, he would last long. In yeah. okay, Ben, who is your running back? For number two. Well, well, you guys did like a first tier and a second tier. I didn't really do that. I put my second one is Christian and McCaffrey. And kind of try to pick someone else. Try to pick someone else, Ben. Think of someone who's not like the first pick in the draft, but they're not going to be in like the late rounds. Like second tier. What about... Uh, was James White far down, or I mean, he's 
you know, decent. He's not awful. Like he I mean, that's a bit of a hot take, Ben. That's a bit of a hot take. I don't know how much the Patriots are going to use James White this year as a weapon. He's obviously more of a passing back, but Ben has some hot takes over here, I guess. Get yards like them. He wasn't. I mean, I've talked about this on other episodes, but James White, or I like the Patriots, they do running back by committee. It's not one guy. So you can never rely on a Patriots player to get you more than like 10 points in fantasy ever. I, I think if you're going to rely on a Patriots running back, it's going to be more of a Sony Michelle because that seems to be the guy that they're going to use as their goal line back this season. And in fantasy football, it's not really about the impact on the team. It's about the stats. And if you can get – because I remember when the Patriots, they wanted to use Sony Michelle in that playoff run a couple of years ago when they won the Super Bowl against the Rams. He had, like, I think it was a playoff record for most touchdowns in a Super Bowl. I'm not in a Super Bowl, in a, like an entire playoff. So if you're going to rely on a Patriots running back, I think to get you fantasy points, it's going to be have to be Sonny Michelle. Okay, let's move on to our – let's do tight end now. Who do you guys – what do you think for tight end, Alex? Well, my tight end choice is obviously either George Kittle or um, Travis Kelsey. I think Kelsey gives you a little more of a – like. He's he's less injury prone than Kittle. I think Kittle is the danger for injury, but Kittle also is better run after catch than Kelsey. So if you're willing to take a bigger risk, then pick Kittle. But if you want a safe choice, then get Kelsey. Okay, I agree with Kittle. I actually put down Kittle. I really like George Kittle. He reminds me of Gronk. Tight ends—they're not usually effective for very long. So if you're watching this, like. Two years from now, George Kittle may maybe sound like a really bad idea, but right now George Kittle, he's probably the best option for your fantasy team if you're if you're looking to get a good tight end. He's well another guy that people kind of sleep on. I didn't put him on my sleepers list, but um, Austin Hooper on the Falcons, he racked up the fantasy points last year. Did he get traded from the Falcons? I don't remember. No, uh, I actually had Austin Hooper on fantasy team. Brought him in for the last few weeks, he could win me a championship, and then he decided, you know what, I'm just going to get injured and root everything. So I'm never drafting him ever again. Why? Okay. Um, no, I can't. Okay. Ben, what do you think for the tight end position? I also went with George Kittle because last year with the 49ers run for the Super Bowl, he was such a huge part of their offense and because of that he got a lot of yards and they also found him a lot you know getting catching passes in the end zone so I went with him and another thing with George Kittle is it's kind of a rare case in there in San Francisco because they don't have the best receiving core down there but as of now George Kittle's the number one option in San Francisco and there's not many other places where you can say that your tight end is the number one option. But in fantasy football, usually when you're drafting a tight end, they're not going to be overly effective. Like, I wouldn't draft a tight end unless one of these guys is available until, like, maybe one of the late rounds, you know? Because I find that I switch from tight end time to time. At the tight end position, you kind of got to just – okay, there's going to be – there's oh, every year. This year was Hunter Henry. I picked up on him. You got to find out who's hot at the tight end position because – these guys who aren't the number one receiving target, 
they're going to have their games from time to time. But George Kittle, he's a sure thing. He's the number one target there. So, yeah. Let's move on to our wide receivers. Alex, what was your first wide receiver that you chose? So, my first wide receiver was Michael Thomas. He just gets an obscene amount of targets. He led the league in them last year, and I believe broke the record. He gets a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns. He has Drew Brees throwing to him. So I think that makes the perfect combination for an amazing fantasy wide receiver. And I had him on my team last year, and he played very, very well. Yeah, I put down Michael Thomas as well. I didn't get him on my team last year, but um, I had a fantasy league last year, and the person who did have Michael Thomas, he was getting almost like consistently like 30-plus points per game. He's really the only option there in New Orleans. Like, who else do they have? They don't really have any other targets you can go to and rely on game to game, but Drew Brees throwing to him, he's going to be an effective target. He's going to get a lot of touchdowns there. He's going to get a lot of passing yards and receptions. And in what we're the thing we're going by is um, one point per reception, so one PPR. Every time you get a catch, it's a point. And Michael Thomas last year, he led the league in um, catches. I don't think he broke the record of all time. Did he break the record, guys? Yeah, he broke the record. Yeah, he broke the record all time for most receptions in a year. So that's a lot of fantasy points right there, just off of playing catching the ball. Ben, who did you pick? I went with. DeAndre Hopkins because the Texans really relied on him to get points and he had a great year last year and I just think he's going to continue into next year and keep being great. Um, okay. Um, I agree with you, Ben. I think DeAndre Hopkins is a good target. I think that you can rely on because you don't really know what Kyler Murray is going to be doing down there. When he had a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, obviously, that was the best quarterback he's ever had. But you also look at the rest of his career where he – DeAndre Hopkins, he's been effective for a while now, like five years maybe. But before Deshaun Watson, he was throwing – he was getting throws from trash quarterbacks like Brian Hoyer. So I guess I was wrong. I guess he has proven that he can be a good receiver under all quarterbacks. So I guess you make a good point there, Ben. That's a solid argument. So let's move on to our second pick. For receiver, let's try to do the same thing we did in the first time. Pick like a second tier guy, not like you can't just go DeAndre Hopkins and then Michael Thomas because that's not realistic at all. But Alex, who did you pick for your second tier wide receiver? Well, I got two options here. My first one, if he could stay healthy, would be Will Fuller because he has just exploded every time he touches the ball. He goes like 200 yards and then he gets injured for like five weeks. So you just can't rely on him, you know, and it's picker poison back. But I think. A more liable choice being A.J. Brown from the Titans. I, he fits perfectly into their system and does great in the play-action scenarios, feeding off Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. He'll be great. This is a sport for About Will Fuller, um, I had him on my team last year. I ended up trading him in the end. He didn't play for like five weeks in a row at the end of the season, so that was kind of disappointing. But he never really played for me. I don't remember my exact receivers, but I had a couple busts out there. I had Will Fuller, who I thought was going to be good. And AJ Green, I had a couple other good ones. I had Julio Jones and Tyler Boyd, but I really was lacking a second wide receiver. So I thought that Will Fuller would be a good player. I didn't know at first. I kind of drafted him because I thought AJ Green was going to be playing in that spot. But he had like 53 points in the first week or something like that. Um, and he had a great game. It was one of the greatest games in probably like his entire career. And I was like, okay, this guy might be doing something. And I played him. 
for a week. He didn't do very good. I came back to him a couple weeks later once I found out that AJ Green was just not going to do anything. I kind of just traded him away and started getting Will Fuller more involved. I thought maybe he would do something in the end of the year, but he got hurt. I just traded him away. I don't remember who I got. But so, yeah, uh, what I picked for this position is who did I pick? Um, I don't know if you can consider this guy a second tier player, but I think people are a bit down on him after the year he had last year. I picked Keenan Allen from the Chargers. I think that he had a bit of an off year last year. He was still productive. He was getting 20 points per game sometimes. In other days, he was having like six games. He even had to apologize on Twitter about some of his poor fantasy performances that he had. So I think if you can get him, and Tyrod Taylor, we don't know if he's going to do good. If he doesn't do good, they'll probably put in Justin Herbert. But if you can get Keenan Allen, he's definitely someone who can give you a big game every now and then. And usually around at least 10 points, I'd imagine, this year. I think that last year was just a fluke. He had an off year. Mm-hmm. Ben, who did you have as your receiver? So my guy isn't like a top guy, except he isn't. Well, he's probably a little higher than what you guys had, but I went with Stefan Diggs. I think that's a good one. Um, yeah, and I think he's just solid all around. So Stefan Diggs, he he didn't do that great with the Vikings last year, but I think it's like a Keenan Allen case. He had a bit of an off season. He was injured for part of it, and, well, there's always injuries in football. He'll probably get injured next year as well, but I'm hoping that it won't be as long as last year. He kind of got an injury, and he was just off. I think that now that he has Josh Allen and Buffalo, and he's the main target there again, they don't have an Adam Thielen to take some of the attention. They have Stefan Diggs there now, and the passing game is going to be more efficient there, and he can get some touches. Okay. Let's move on to our kickers and defense, which is kind of an irrelevant position, but okay, the way I'll go first for kicker. The way I look at kicker is like I find the best offense in the entire league, and I pick that team as my kicker because I figure that that team's going to be scoring the most touchdowns usually. So I picked Harrison Butker. I think the 49ers, I'm not the 49ers, the Chiefs, they have the best offense. Right now, I believe Harrison Butker's still their kicker. I didn't fact check on that, but. Um, I think he's still their kicker. They scored a lot of touchdowns last year. There was a game against the Rams. I don't know if it was last year or two years ago. I honestly don't remember, but they had a lot of points in that game. And uh, I think that if you have a kicker like that, then he can give you sometimes even a solid like 10 plus points per game. Alex, what was your kicker? I picked Justin Tucker. He's historically been the best fantasy kicker almost of all time. He's playing with the Ravens, who have probably the most explosive offense this year, with Lamar Jackson, who you guys think will bust, and, you know, Mark Ingram and Marquise Brown. Um, Justin Ducker, um, I think in my fantasy league that that I did last year, when you have a field goal over a certain amount of yards, like away, I think it was 50-plus yard field goal, then you get – five points instead of the traditional three points where if you make a like a regular field goal. So Justin Tucker, he's proven that he can make really long kicks. That certainly adds up over time if you can get maybe two 50-yard field goals a game. But I don't think you're looking for that much from your kicker. You're looking for a solid like six points a game from your kicker. That would be good. Ben, what did you pick? I probably should have went with 
your guys' like strategy of going with the, the best offense, but I went with Josh Lambeau because last year he was 33 to 34, which is 97%. So I figured that he makes pretty much every single one and you don't have to worry about him like, you know, missing like Steven Guskowski a couple of years ago. You know, it's not like that. So I went with him. What team is Josh Lambeau on right now? I believe he's on the Jaguars. The Jaguars, their offense, I mean, he's obviously proven that he's a consistent kicker, but I don't, yeah. I mean, the. I guess that's a good point. The Jaguars, they could be settling for field goals, which would make them kick more field goals. But yeah. if you're looking for just, like what I was thinking is if they keep getting down the field, the Chiefs are going to get down the field, they're either going to score or come close to it. But I guess Ben makes a good point. He's a consistent kicker, and this team's not going to be scoring that many touchdowns, so it likely means they'll be settling for field goals. Okay, I picked the best defense for my defense from last year, the 49ers defense. They have proven they've been consistent. They're on defense. They had the best defense probably last year because the Patriots defense, they they were good defense, obviously, but they just couldn't hold up under pressure. The 49ers, they scored a lot of points last year in my fantasy league. What do you guys think? Yeah, the 49ers are the obvious choice here. I really want to go Patriots here because, you know, but they just lost too many pieces on the defense, especially the linebacker core. So I just can't see them generating the same amount of turnovers that the Niners can since they hadn't really gotten any major losses except for Forrest Buckner. But he, was, he wasn't he was as big of a difference as uh, Nick Bosa was making. Ben? Yeah, I, I agree here that the 49ers were great last year, mostly because of their defense. Because although Jimmy Garoppolo was like good, he spent most of his career watching Tom Brady. So I think part of the reason they got to the Super Bowl was because of their defense. Okay, that's going to do it for part one of our episode. Next week on Friday, we're going to be releasing part two of the episode. Hope you enjoyed part one. We're going to talk a bit more fantasy football next week, but not too much. We're going to talk about baseball. I said at the beginning, everything else is waiting for you next week on Friday. Summer's here, everybody. It's It's the last day of school for me, Ben, and Alex. We're very excited for the summer to come, and I hope you enjoyed listening to Sideline Sports. Goodbye.